focus on for our devotion this evening is Sunday's Old Testament lesson from 1 Samuel. I'm just going to reread these verses starting at verse 45. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. He will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him, reaching into his bag and taking out a stone. He slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. The word of the Lord. My brothers and sisters in Christ, the game has wound down to just two players. One of them smugly plays with his chips as the cards are dealt one after the other. He looks and he peeks at the corner of what he's got. Then he pushes all of his chips into the center of the table and very smugly says, all in. What is the other player going to do? In Texas Hold'em, Going all in is a risk, and it's a challenge. It's a risk because you are all in. You're putting all of your chips, everything that you've earned, into the center to win or to lose. You could lose everything, or you could stand to gain more than double of what you had. It's a risk, but it's a challenge. Because you're saying by going all in to the rest of the players around that table that you think your hand is better than what they've got that your hand is superior, and that it will win in the end. So in your mind, maybe you're not taking a risk at all. Let's just hope you're not bluffing, or that someone else doesn't secretly have something much better than you. This lesson from the Old Testament, we are seeing an example of something that is called champion warfare. This was practiced from time to time in the ancient Near East. It was also in medieval Europe in the time of the knights, sometimes when two forces would gather together. Instead of having the whole army go at it, they would just send one champion out to represent the army. And sometimes the stakes were pretty high. The champion of the Philistines? Goliath. He was a monster of a man. He stood... Nine feet, nine inches tall. He had a huge javelin. He had a huge sword, a huge shield, a heavy helmet. Not only was he tall, but he probably wasn't gangly. He probably had muscle and strength to match. He was probably fearsome to look at. And sometimes fitness enthusiasts in our day, they'll wear a, a weighted vest as they go out for a run or a hike to add 20 to 50 pounds to their exercise. But Goliath, his coat of armor weighed about 125 pounds. 
So not only was he strong to be able to walk around in that all day, do battle in that kind of armor, but he was pretty near invincible because he couldn't get a, a sword through it or a spear or an arrow. The Philistines went all in. And it seemed like with Goliath, it wasn't much of a risk at all. It seemed like it was pretty obvious who was going to win this one. So you can see why the Israelites are scared. And Goliath had called the consequences. He had called the stakes. He said, all right, so someone come out and fight me, and we'll do battle. And the winner and his army will enslave the loser's army, the loser's people. So if you were an Israelite soldier looking at this Goliath character, it's no wonder that these people are afraid. It was just a matter of sending one of you out to go die and the rest of you to face a life of enslavement to the Philistines. Very terrifying. This is one of those action-packed, illustrative, very visual lessons of the Bible. It's no wonder why people, when they're making action comic books of the Old Testament, you got to include David and Goliath. It's got everything we want in a story, right? You've got warfare, you've got good versus evil, you've got an underdog story. But warfare and battle is so much a part of our DNA, isn't it? Part of our entertainment. But have you ever noticed how warfare and battle is even in our everyday language? If you have been suffering from a mental illness chronically over the years, you might say that you are battling depression. If you've got two options in front of you and you're agonizing over the choice, you might say that you are wrestling with a decision. If there are strong temptations of sin that beset you every day and you seem like you're losing and they're hard to deal with, you will say that you are fighting temptation or struggling the the language of violence the language of warfare of battle has entered into the way we see our lives we see ourselves on a battlefield every day the forces we are matched up against a lot like goliath are just as terrifying as he probably was to the israelites you've got the forces that are outside of you You've got stress, you've got responsibility, you've got news of people across the globe being attacked, innocent lives being lost, being displaced, having to run. But you also have the growing responsibilities of your own life. You have the people in your lives whom you care about, whom you love, but whom you know in the back of your mind at any moment could turn on you, could, could betray you and hurt you got enemies on the outside but we all have enemies within don't we we have what that what the bible calls that sinful nature that clings to bad habits that clings to bad behaviors that at the very best are keeping us from being the people we should be and at the very worst those behaviors and habits will kill us and kill our relationship with god the enemies are strong. It looks like they've got pocket aces, and it looks like they're going all in against us. And we look at our hand, and it seems like, it feels like most days, you've got nothing but a two and a seven, the worst hand in Texas Hold'em. 
but a champion takes the field. A boy, David, the youngest of his family. A shout out to the youngest of their family who are with us this evening. David takes the field. Why? He goes out to the field. He doesn't use the armor that Saul had offered him. He doesn't use the big old sword Saul was willing to give him. No doubt it was probably a really good sword, David. Why didn't you take it? Why does he go out in just his dress as a shepherd boy with just the sling that he used to best a bear and a lion from time to time who tried to snatch his sheep? Don't get us wrong, a sling was a formidable weapon in the right hands in David's day, but that's it? Just a sling and some rocks, David? Why? David goes to the battlefield as Israel's champion, and he goes to fight, not for some nationalistic pride in his heart, He's not fighting for the Israelite way of life. He's not even fighting for personal glory or personal armor. Did you catch on Sunday or tonight why David went up to the battle line? It was because someone had to shut this guy up because of what he was saying. What he was doing, calling out as he took the battle line and challenged Israel was he was making fun of God. He was poking fun at the God of Israel, saying, if God is so great and if he's so mighty for you guys, why are you just a bunch of weaklings? And isn't that the exact same taunt, the exact same mockery that sin levies against us? Doesn't your sinful nature, doesn't temptation, doesn't stress, doesn't sadness taunt you and say, if God is so great, then why are you so weak? But brothers and sisters, tonight we learn what David knew. Tonight we learn what drove David to the battle line, that God will not be mocked. It's true, if you stood on your battle line facing your foes on your own, you'd be done for. They're all in, and they'll take you for everything you're worth. Sin, death, and the devil are more powerful than you. But you're not on the battle line alone. We sang a hymn on Sunday in which Martin Luther wrote, With might of ours cannot be done. Soon were our loss effected. But for us fight the valiant one, whom God himself elected. You ask, who is this? Jesus Christ it is, the almighty Lord, and there's no other God. He holds the field forever. Brothers and sisters, the battle is not yours to lose. The battle is the Lord's. Because your champion has already taken his position at the battle line. Jesus charged the enemy. And kind of like David going in with nothing but a sling and some rocks, Jesus' weapons of war were unconventional. He fought our battle with a humble life of service and love, of selflessness. He fought our battle with an innocent death on the cross in your place. 
And when he rose from his grave, he guaranteed the sure victory to you over your sin, over your death, and over the devil himself. Stress and anxiety will attack and will say, are you sure God's going to provide for you? Are you sure God's going to be there for you? But Jesus has guaranteed that nothing separates you from his love and that all things work for the good of those who love God. Your sin and your temptation will say, you are so weak, you can't handle this, you are too guilty for God to love you, but Jesus has already paid for your sin. Your temptation is already bested by your champion, Jesus Christ. And whatever, the, whatever lies the devil throws your way, whatever he's trying to whisper in your ear to get you to doubt your standing before God or doubt God's grace, the devil has been shut up by Jesus' victorious death and resurrection for you. You win. You have won. But just like David called out that the battle is the Lord's, as he took his position against Goliath. You and I know that the victory is ours as we take our position as Christians in life. So take up your sling, brother or sister, and do battle realizing that the battle is the Lord's. There may be some days, and there probably will, where the stress comes back where it's all mounting on your back again, where the temptation strikes and it's hard and it's a long, drawn-out struggle, where the devil's lies come back and get you to doubt where you stand with God. But in those moments, brothers and sisters, double-check yourself. Make sure that you're not taking the battle back onto your own shoulders and come back to the Word where you see that, yeah, you don't make it on your own. You don't beat your Goliath. But Jesus already did. The battle is the Lord's, and that means the victory is yours. Amen.